In the meantime, I could sure use a cup of coffee. Amusement tipped her mouth up, making a tiny dimple appear next to those plump, rose-colored lips. He could see the curves beneath her tailored suit, suggesting her breasts were just the right size and her waist was small. Jake's groin tightened, which surprised him, since he needed the coffee to recover from the night he'd spent with Deanna LeBlanc, an old flame who was in Houston to film a TV commercial. The receptionist cast him a look. I'll see what I can do. But she didn't make a move, just turned to the woman hurrying toward her across the waiting room. Oh, I'm so sorry I'm late, Ms. Dumont, the newcomer said. Son of a bitch. A Dumont, Jake thought. Asking her to fetch him a cup of coffee was probably not the best idea he'd ever had. Is Paolo all right? the Dumont woman asked. My son wasn't driving, thank God. The real receptionist, attractive and in her mid-forties, had straight black hair pulled back in a bun and smooth olive skin. Paolo has a concussion and a couple of fractured ribs, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Thank you for covering while I was gone. Your boy was in a car accident, Marie. It wasn't a problem. I'm just glad he's going to be all right. The Dumont woman tipped her head toward Jake, her soft mahogany curls sliding around her shoulders, making the muscles across his abdomen clench. Mr. Cantrell is here to see Ian, she said. I have to get to the meeting. Could you fetch him a cup of coffee while he waits? Jake felt the slight rebuke in the glance she cast his way. Clearly, she wasn't used to fetching a man much of anything. Of course, Marie said. Miss Dumont walked away, heading for the tall walnut door leading into Ian Dumont's imperial domain. Her strides were long and purposeful, Jake noticed, as if she had someplace important to go. He liked a woman who didn't dawdle. And his earlier assessment was right. She had a great ass and a pair of legs that wouldn't quit. She was only about five-six, but her expensive spike heels pushed her somewhere close to six feet. He watched her disappear behind the door, wondering what role she played in the Dumont Empire, then turned his attention to the receptionist. Marie was smiling. Mr. Cantrell? That's right. Mr. Dumont mentioned yesterday that you would be coming in this morning. I believe he wants to see you as soon as you arrive. She indicated the office door. I'll bring coffee for everyone into the meeting. Thank you, Marie. The woman blushed as Jake turned and walked away. It was his size, mostly, he figured, that made women take a second look. He was used to it by now. He swung open the walnut door and stepped inside, finding only two people in the room, the woman he had subtly insulted, and a silver-haired gentleman in his late seventies, slightly stooped but still impressive, undoubtedly Ian Dumont. "'Mr. Cantrell, I assume,' the man said. "'Our mutual friend, Trace Rawlins,' 
had nothing but good things to say when he recommended you for this job. Trace knew Ian well. He'd recently helped design the -the state-of-the-art alarm system for marine drilling when the building was renovated. Please join us. The Dumont woman was staring, one of her dark eyebrows slightly elevated in question. He noticed she was wearing a flashy diamond engagement ring. Since he felt a jolt of heat whenever he looked at her, it was probably good she was out of his reach. Ian Dumont walked the length of the long conference table to greet him, reaching out to shake his hand, a strong, solid handshake that set the tone for the discussion ahead. He'd once had calluses on those hands, Jake figured. Why don't we all sit down? the CEO suggested. They grouped themselves at one end of the table, which was done in the same walnut.